The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to our listeners around this beautiful universe called kink. I've been trying to get this guest on the show since we started, and finally we're able to come together to do this episode. We have bonded over all things kindness, not what you would expect from a legendary dominatrix, but just one thing that makes this woman a treasure to the community. Mistress Kai is a highly regarded and respected kink, BDSM, and fetish educator and consultant who's been featured and quoted in mainstream media publications like Men's Health, BuzzFeed, Hustler, Vice, New Now Next, and more. She's quite sought after after her three-plus decades of experience in the kink community as a lifestyle dom, professional dominatrix, event producer, community leader, and educator. In the past decade, her focus has centered on the kink curious and newbie couples and has garnered a reputation as NDA-friendly in certain high-profile circles. As one of the more visible and well-known edutainers to come out of the Exotica Expo dungeon, Mistress Kai is most recognizable for being front and center at the Triple X Cross. She co-hosts the popular Seat of Your Pants podcast on Why Not Radio with Jay Copita. In its second season, the podcast is a component of the overall Why Not Media Machine, which operates and serves the adult and camming industry. Recently, she launched MistressKai.blog, titled Kinkology, which features a curation that reflects the multidimensional beauty of being a kinkster. In her vanilla life, she's been involved in victims' advocacy in what she calls a birthright and is a longtime legal advocate and representative in the Philadelphia region. She plans to officially launch the Kinkology podcast very soon, which began in 2018 but abruptly halted due to caring for a dying parent. 
Last year, upon discovering that the dormant episodes have tremendous downloads across all platforms, she realized that people want this content from her. The multifaceted Mistress Kai on what women and other wonderful humans want. They are the questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five, and it starts now. First time you considered what I might ask for a first five question, and what was the question you were most terrified I would ask? Okay, so that's a two-parter. I thought you're probably going to ask me about either my first kink experience, when did I first realize I was kinky, when was my first professional kink experience, I thought it would be something like that. Um, and I'm not too terrified of much. So nothing you can ask me is gonna terrify me. So I wasn't scared per se. I just wanted to give you a good show. And that's why I asked ahead of time, hey, what might you be asking me today? Well, here is the actual first question of the first okay. five. Alrighty. First time you walked into a dungeon just as a spectator and what was your feeling when you did so my experience may be different than a lot of other folks who walk in for the first time because a lot of folks who walk and i've seen this because i've been around dungeons for so long i've seen this experience where they step in the door and it's sensation sensory overload and all the endorphins and dopamine and adrenaline are firing but for me i had already had that because i had been around and running brothels in philadelphia mm. so i didn't i didn't have that first time experience of walking in there and getting all the good feels like other people do it was just sort of like comfort because i know they're my people so that's you know sort of how I felt, you know, I, I didn't have that rush that a lot of other people have. I had that rush more when um, the first few times I was in an actual brothel, because I was like, I love these people. I love these human beings that they, they're so sexually free. Um, so I, I had that. And that was at a very young age, you know, I was probably still a minor at that time. So um, I had all those good feelings then but not not the dungeon the first time I do get that now sometimes when I go into a new dungeon space um, because I like to see um, and I usually I, I tend to go into a lot of female owned dungeons I like how uh, the aesthetics and how they've chosen to decorate and how they've chosen to place their equipment so I sometimes still get those you know endorphins and, and dopamine um, when I go into to dungeons, you know, on a, like a much smaller scale than everyone else. First act of kindness that ever changed your life. Hmm. So I'm all about kindness. Anybody who follows me on socials knows this. 
uh, kindness and thoughtfulness. The first act of kindness was in that I can specifically remember with a human being was kindergarten. And there was this boy, he was um, bigger than the rest of us and kind of doughy. As an adult now, I would imagine he was probably autistic or on, you know, that ASD on that spectrum. And the kids were picking on him and I, I didn't fucking like it. I didn't like it one bit, even as a four-year-old or five-year-old, however we were, however old we were at that, you know, in the seventies, they put us in pretty early. So I guess it was um, sort of an act of kindness on my part because I took him and I stood in front of him because I didn't like how some of the other kids were treating him. And the reason it changed my life is because I think even at that age, who I am as a human being was like, boom, it just, it came out. And that, and I have not changed from that moment. I'm still that person. I'm still advocating for people, still looking out for people, I, you know, as a dominant, you know, I'm caring and nurturing the best interest of my submissives. So that moment was pretty profound for me. And what I saw in return was the ripple effect of that, how it changed the behavior of the other kids in the class because they were nicer to him. Um, because of me sort of gatekeeping him a little bit, they behaved a little kinder towards him. And my memories are that by the end of the school year, like I have these memories, even at my age, of him playing with the rest of us and climbing on the jungle gym, which I know he wasn't doing in the beginning of the school year because I remember noticing that. So seeing their behavior change and their kindness change, uh, that was pretty profound for me as a, as a little squirt. First image you ever saw of yourself as a dominatrix that made you go, I'm where I want to be. Describe it. Well, who I am and who you're listening to right now is sort of who I've always been. I, I, I came out of the shoot this way. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't have any memories of not being this way. And I also don't have any memories of that moment where I'm like dominatrix. It's just, or perfect, dominant. Um, it's just who I am, but I do have memories of, I'm trying to find the right words to describe this. Having like an energetic power exchange with animals at a very young age where animals would instinctively at three and four years old follow me. And, you know, I thought everybody was this way. It's, it was almost like I could hear them and they could hear me, but I think it was just like an energy exchange. And I remember very specifically at a young age, 
being aware of that. So, and I remember enjoying that. And I would say for sure by second or third grade, I was enjoying that because I was teaching children in the hallway of elementary school. So if I was in third grade, I was teaching the first graders and I would get pulled because they had me in all these gifted programs. So I would get pulled. And I specifically remember that sort of hierarchy or power exchange or whatnot. So I didn't have a light bulb moment, but I was definitely born this way. That's for sure. Final question of the first five. And I'm going to have fun with this because <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about it after the break. Well, that's good because I'm kind of intense, as you can tell. So anytime <laughs> any anyone wants to throw fun my way, like I'm receiving it. That's why Jay and I make such good partners on Seat of Your Pants <laughs> because he's just like walking silliness and I'm sort of wound tight. So it's a nice, it's a nice balance. So if you got something fun or silly for me, I'll take it. First impression of a guy named Catsuit trying to get you on the podcast. <laughs> Let me think back to my first impression. Well, we wouldn't be here today if my first impression was not positive. Because I, I, you know, I'm I'm pretty good with instincts. Um, they're pretty razor sharp, and I think I liked the way you structured your sentences and the words you chose. Hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, I, I, I'm gonna get to know that guy. Like that guy is in my future. Um, of course, this was all pre-pandemic. I think mm -hmm. when you reached out potentially, but um, my impression was um, that you were very intelligent, that you um, were decisive, but then there was something in there um, that I thought you were probably a very thoughtful and kind human being. And I know that to be true now, but that's what I suspected on our very first initial contact. I think you probably, you know, socialed me or emailed me, but everything I thought is true because you're incredibly thoughtful. You're, you're incredibly authentic and kind and sweet. And if you are a fucking pervert, you're hiding the vibes very well. Well, we'll see if I'm a fucking pervert when we come back on this edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky, when we're actually going to talk a little bit more about kindness and how it brought us together when we return. <laughs> That's beautiful. Let's say if you're, the, if you're the wrong kind of pervert, because, all, you know, perverts, yeah. I love perverts, but if you're like the wrong kind of pervert. Oh, yeah. That's why the show started. <laughs> We do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love. If you want to help the show, as well as contribute to Catsuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly slash thanks, Catsuit. Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you. The Heart of the Dominatrix, Portraits and Interviews of Exceptional Mistresses. This book is about female domination. This book is about dark corners, both physically and psychologically. This book is for you, whether you're a beginner or have decades of experience with BDSM. If you're eager to learn more about power exchange dynamics, 
or are simply interested in relationships and the aesthetics of this world. This book will change your perspectives. Be warned. Visit heartofthedominatrix.com to order your copy today. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years. Indeed, and it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time, victim, survivor, and thriver, power exchange and polyamory, submissive versus wife, the practical contract guide, relationship shorthand, as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years. Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash hearts and collars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, and on FetLife at WWWPodcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is hi there, cat suit. And now back to what women and other wonderful humans want. Presented by Dating Kinky. I want to get into the psychology of what you love and what I love and try to figure out where the delineation is between kink and what most people think of as kinky sex. Because to me, Kink is its own beautiful world. It is a compilation of moments, compilation of connections, compilation of really a mind-to-mind thing that most of the time has very little to do with sex, yet it seems that in the vanilla world or the unknown world, people always lump the two together. You know, there's a lot of stigma, even now, um, <clears throat> now that we've got 50 shades behind us, I don't know how many years now, eight, nine, I don't know how many years now, but 50 shades, as shitty as the whole thing is for me, somebody who's been doing this a very long time and operated very heavily in the shadows, 50 shades did this thing where, you know, it brought it to mainstream, brought it out of the CD shadows and, you know, brought it into light and got the conversation started. That's the one good thing that I liked about this whole 50 shades movement. Um, but unfortunately, even with everybody talking about kink and fetish and BDSM, the amount of disinformation and things that needed to be demystified and stigma and wrong, like the misconceptions, all these, I just cannot believe the amount that is so incorrect. And as somebody that's been around a long time, you know, I know that exists, but I thought it would be less. Then here I am at Exotica. Um, some people may know this. I, 
I've been front and center in the Exotica dungeon. I've been part of that crew for a number of years. I'm on hiatus right now, but I'm front and center at the beginning of the dungeon. So me right there front and center more so than the rest of the crew have access to the passerbys, the looky-loos and people have questions. And I was absolutely stunned to find out that even these people that are going to a sex convention have tremendous misconceptions about kink and BDSM. Because I would say things like, hey, and you know, here I am with all my messy blonde hair and my smile. And I'm like, come on over. Like, how threatening could I possibly be? <laughs> and their response is, oh, no, no, thanks. I'm not into, I'm not into pain. Oh, no, no, thank you. I, I, I'm not into being beaten. I'm not into being um, screamed at or scolded or abused. I heard the word abused a lot. This blows my mind that with the technological information age we are at, which I didn't have when I started out, information is at, at people's fingertips right now. And there are still all these misconceptions about kink. It's really shocking to me. So a lot of, and, and I think there was um, a famous ball player last year or, or maybe, you know, in 20, who had a situation where his girlfriend wanted a little bit of rough sex. Apparently they didn't have a lot of conversations about it and things went awry. Mm -hmm. And abuse allegations got involved and it was sensationalized, I think, because he was, you know, a professional ball player. Mm -hmm. um, that just adds to the, the problems. So I understand where you're coming from, where, um, oh, rough sex and they're conflating it with this beautiful lifestyle that we live, where there's tremendous communication that, that fosters this trust that, uh, that gets us to consent. Mm -hmm. um i do love this topic um i'd like to hear a little bit of your thoughts on it though because you know you're a dude i'd like to hear how you feel well that's that's kind of a loaded question in a couple <laughs> of ways and so i'll start out with the dude part mm -hmm. uh, recently i came out as gender fluid and Please. the reason I did so is I was torturing myself about trying to fit in to be a male. I never I felt that. that I fit in being a male. I have had this fetish all my life that has been somewhat feminine in nature with skin tight clothing. My thought process in kink and fetish is damsel. I say I identify as damsel. Hmm. I have this way of thinking, which I call the 360 degree way or feminine thinking, which comes from the hypothesis in improv that men usually get the problem or the gift or the suggestion and they have tunnel vision and head right to the solution. Same could be said for a lot of guys in sex. They see woman, they right. want to go straight for a solution. Me want woman. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Women, when it comes to improv, 
And when it comes to a lot of things in life, and my therapists have, have called my mind androgynous for this reason, I'm given the suggestion, the gift, the problem. And instead of going straight, I look 360 degrees. I look at all the different that. things that can affect it. Uh -huh. And my joy is the journey getting to where I'm going, whether it be that original destination or the place that it takes me. This entire world of being involved in kink has taken me to a place where I realize that kindness is my gift to the kink world. It is their ability to connect with me and afterwards feel the energy of this kind being who you may have put impact on, you may have caused pain, you may have left bruises, but when it comes to the finish or the, the end of that particular part of the journey, it's me thanking you for taking me there. It's me being present with you. And you asked me what my thoughts were. You hit the perfect word that never was mentioned in Fifty Shades of Grey and was never mentioned in the media and never mentioned in the press going through. And that's consent. Uh -huh. I argue that there is more good things involving consent in kink than there is in regular sex. 100%. If the normals, you know, I, I jokingly call them the normals, <laughs> took a beat and understood our process and our protocols and how we come to the table, their relationships would be so much better. I, I firmly believe their divorce rate would be so much better simply based on open communication. If they just went with one, the one thing, open communication, but if they could do that and then also bring their vulnerabilities, mm -hmm. but just if they, if they understood how we come to the table, like, okay, here's me, I'm bringing my shit to the table and here's you and you're bringing your shit to the table. If they did that, because like you, probably anybody listening, we've all been in relationships where um, the person maybe isn't a good communicator, refuses to communicate, isn't capable of communication, doesn't have the tools and it's burdensome on the person who can communicate or who needs communication. Um, you, you just said so many things. I, I almost want to say to you, I'm the yin, like if there's a yin and yang, everything you were saying about yourself, um, you know, it takes a lot to bring tears to my eyes, but it was almost bringing tears to my eyes. Because you looking at me, you can see me and you're looking at this package and, you know, I have good features for my age. I got all this blonde hair and it's long, messy hair. And I look one way and I tell people this all the time about me. I look like one person. I am a very, very different person inside than what I look like. 
and um, that can include I can be a monster when my claws come out. I, I don't hide that about myself. Um, but I look very feminine. And the truth of the matter is I'm probably a very split down the middle person where half of my energy is incredibly masculine and what you were describing is that tunnel vision you know that a lot of cis bro dudes have like a lot of law enforcement have that and and they and they um they stir that and encourage that in law enforcement officers they're very task driven and i get that way you know i'm very purpose driven so i have this side in me that's very masculine and purpose driven and blinders on and let's get the job done and and then I have this other side of me that is somewhat of what you see on the outside, very feminine and what you would associate with feminine um, and thinking the process through, which is probably, I'm very INTJ and my personality type is like mastermind and we're, you know, 15 steps ahead. But I think that also coincides sometime if you have feminine energy inside of you that you just sort of are a thinker because your thought there's more thoughtfulness i think with feminine energy where you want to make sure you're considerate of others or you're not causing harm and you're doing you know doing things the right way and the thoughtful way so when you were describing yourself I'm like you're describing me just sort of like the the opposite we're just in opposite packages you know, so I'm sort of where you are in my life where I'm like, how do I identify? I'm not sure how I identify because there's a lot going on in here. I just broke it down pretty basic. Like, oh, there's two halves of me. There's a lot more complexities going on. And I think with you, I saw a tweet of yours about, um, you know, this, this person you're discovering in yourself. And I think with you, I think you are on a trajectory of like discovery and bliss is the only thing I can think of how to describe it. I think you're going to find out things about yourself in the next, especially in the next two to three years that are going to make you feel probably whole, like you've not ever felt in your life. Would you, would you agree with that? That you feel like that's the trajectory you're on? Yeah. That's genuinely what I feel. Yeah. I will also tell you that I have the terror inside me that I won't make it. <laughs> uh, and it's not, it's not that I'm going to do anything to myself because I have been very depressed. I have, I've had suicidal thoughts at one time or another. Luckily I, also have the courage to realize that I need to be here for my, my kids and I need to be here for me. And I have, when I've gotten to that point, I realize it's a way that can end the pain, but it's always been my choice. I haven't had I haven't taken a drink of alcohol since 1994 and I never liked alcohol in the first place. The only reason I had alcohol was it was a toast at my wedding. Mm -hmm. 
I've never done marijuana. I've never done hard drugs. I've never done any hallucinogenics. I feel everything that has happened, especially over the last 17 years. I understand that thought process and sentence so well. It's almost overwhelming when you feel on that level. You'll, and and you, you're going to find there are a lot of people in kink that are exactly like you and exactly like me. Mm-hmm. That this is, this is their jam. You know, they've not smoked weed. They've not done opiates. They've not drank. You know, they've not done meth. They've not done the things. But this is the thing for them. And I think it's because kink brings realism. Uh The pain you feel when you have an impact scene. I remember the first time I had an impact scene, I was going, oh, my God, I'm feeling Uh this is real. Uh And the last time I had a heavy impact scene. I remember simply, and I'm a very wiggly person, very expressive when you play with me. I mean, my body will writhe and I, I love the different ways that people hit me. But at the end of this scene, I was literally hanging from my cuffs, being hit over and over. And if a boxing referee were there, he would say, stop it, stop it. Can't uh-huh. do it. Uh-huh. Yet that's when I felt at my biggest peace. Yeah. So I know pain sluts that are like that. You know, they're they're chasing that. Um, and there's one that comes to mind. Um, and he's known a little bit in our region. He he chases it so hard because he doesn't feel the way other people, other human beings feel, Mm -hmm. but they, and and his impact scenes, like you got to have some endurance because he's going two, three hours just to get to that point that he's been doing it for so long. Um, He's been doing it for so long that that the body won't kick in the adrenaline and the dopamine and the endorphins. Um, It takes a long time for the, he's conditioned his body almost out of it, Mm. but um, I've seen a lot of people like you and him that that's their place. Like, I, I don't know um, if there's, because I'm not a doctor, but I, I suspect just on my experience in kink and my own experiences with mental health issues and not having dopamine that are, you know, our brains are lacking these things. So the impact and the body's response to it by releasing these very, very powerful hormones. And, and, and let me tell you something about these hormones that get released in impact. It's like an opiate high. Mm. So that's why you hear people chasing subspace because it, it, it's, it's nature's, I think they're calling dopamine nature's heroin. Mm. <clears throat> So for people who don't maybe necessarily, and and I see a lot of my autistic and friends on that spectrum say the same thing, even like uh, somebody I know that that, um, has a a tickle response, um, 
he's you know he's like I'm high functioning Aspie he's like I'm high functioning Aspie all the time but his body will have that same response from the light touch of tickling where the body will release all those you know hormones I think it's wonderful that you get to feel that and you've discovered that and get to feel that because I understand that feeling of not feeling Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people in kink. You're you're going to you're going to make a lot of friends in this community that are going to be very much like you, and you're going to find a home. And I'm very happy about that for you. Like I'm so. It may almost it's going to make me tear up a little bit because I know I've known a lot of people like this over the decades. And they feel so lost and they don't feel like they fit in anywhere else. And then they come into the kink community and they find this home here and people that accept them. And they, 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 they feel like whole humans because they can start being who they tr- truly are. And that's really the kink community has done that for me more so now in the past decades, now that we're a little out, you know, out of the shadows than many years ago. But for people like us, it's, when they find the community like that keeps me going sometimes it keeps me going now taking care of my mom when i'm like i can't do this one more day watching this parent die and then i'll have a conversation like this with somebody like you and i i know what your future is going to be like in kink and how beautiful and how whole and and loved you're going to feel and and like that shit carries me through dark times now like i love this community so much people are going to embrace you um i'm just very very happy for you and i'm sorry if i'm bringing down your podcast by getting emotional i think i think that's what makes this podcast what it is (laughs) Like you made me have tears in my eyes. You ask anybody in my life, they're going to tell you that's an impossible task. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the beauty of what you're going through right now that moves me. You almost had me in tears the other day. I saw a post that you wrote. um, Coming out of FETCON. And how you felt coming out of FETCON. That's why I love conventions so much because you're with your people. Mm-hmm. I can't keep talking about it. you're going to get me crying. Mm. <laughs> but it was so beautiful. And then the little exchange we had about your experience at FECON. I finally felt home. Yeah. And I sort of knew that, I instinctively knew that because I've done it and seen it so many times in, in this lifestyle, in this community. I am tremendously happy for you and where your journey is going. I mean, it just fills my heart. And I'm not going to witness it, but I know what's coming for you. I know a lot of those uh, feelings the emptiness and the feelings of suicide and those things, you know, they may never go away, but they're going to be on the run because you're just going to find such a loveliness. Like, I'm so happy for you. I really am. You better stop me or I'm just going to keep bringing this whole thing down. (laughs) 
you know, Kai, <laughs> we, we bonded on kindness. Mm-hmm. That will never, <laughs> that's, that's an inseparable bond that you and I will both have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cry because I hear your beautiful words. And I, I am doing my best to have anticipations, not expectations. And I, I tell that in my kindness and other kinks class. I talk about the fact that expectations, the, the story's already been written. Anticipations, the story hasn't even started yet. And I know there's a once upon the time. And I know that there's an every day. And I'm waiting for the until one day. Mm -hmm. Because then it goes because of this, because of this, because of this, until finally. And the reason it happened was, I'm going to try to find, and I think I can do it without messing up the podcast too much, but I had written something about authenticity. And when I was teaching my authenticity class, and I had told, I often talk about improv so much. And every story in life is made up of the same seven sentences. And I just went through them. Once upon a time, and every day, until one day, because of this, because of this, until finally, and the result of the story is. And I did my kink version of it to try to explain why it means what it does in the lifestyle we, we live. And it goes like this. This is who I am right now. And this is the reason why. Until this changes in my life, this makes me feel like this. And that makes me feel like this. Until finally, I want to be brought to this place because this is the way I want to feel. I'm gonna come over there and kick your ass if you make me cry again. Well, why don't we take a break and get some Kleenex? <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to talk podcasting <laughs> after this commercial break from Kimberly Clark. <laughs> you all know I love my cat suits, and the ones that have never let me down come from the amazing winter fetish. I've had some of them for 10 years, and they're still going strong. Specifically made for fetish play, these suits come in only the best spandex or PVC with zippers made for action. You've seen them in the House of Lord and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. And now these suits can be yours. And if you use the code www.spandexcat, you get 10% off your purchase and you support the show as well. And as always, I give you this promo because I believe in what Winter Fetish does. So visit winterfetish.com and use the promo code www.spandexcat and get the cat suit of your dreams from Winter Fetish. 
Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports. No, not the jet ski kind. And you really want to fulfill their fantasy, but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best-known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. Hi there, I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on what women and other wonderful humans want. Welcome back to the program, joined by Mistress Kai, a Uh fellow podcaster. Uh Your podcast is called Seed of Your Pants? It is. Tell me about uh, it. So I have this crazy, psychotic, silly co-host. His name is Jay Capita. And he is one of the owners of Why Not Media, um, one of the big adult industry news outlets. And, you know, they hold the community awards and they do so much for the adult community. And, you know, we, it's funny how things, when we were talking earlier, um, and actually you just mentioned something else, how, how things just fall into place. But um, when you were talking about the dick pics and how that was just the catalyst for well, what do women want? And you built this podcast. We did the same thing where we knew we wanted to do something together because he's silly fun, Jay, and I'm curmudgeonly, you know, <laughs> mean old Kai and <laughs> we thought it'd be a nice balance and and you know when him and I talk we have great good in, 
you know, give and take together. And we were like, yeah, we should do a podcast. And we talked about it for a good two years, I think, before we did it. And the name Seat of Your Pants, we were just sort of going back and forth and, you know, what to call it because we knew we wanted the concept to be, let's just turn on the mic and go. We just wanted people to hear our conversations with people we knew in the industry. And I said, yeah, you know, like just flying by the seat of our pants. I said, that's what we should call it. Mm-hmm. Seat of Your Pants, where people can join in with us when we find fly by the seat of our pants Mm -hmm. so that's what we do and you know we invite our adult industry friends and we're just having a lot of fun doing it but people are loving it I guess it's just because we just turn on the mic and go and we're like look we're messy come be messy with us Mm -hmm. and and get to know some of these people and you know and and Jay gets to be really silly and and get that out of his system and I get to probe in people and ask them questions about this and that. So that's what we're doing. Um, we're in our second season now. We're four episodes and we've had some great guests. And um, I, I don't know, I guess we'll probably do another 13 episodes this season, but people are really liking it. And I wasn't sure. And then somebody reached out to me. I actually haven't even told Jay this yet somebody reached out to me and said um you know we get together and listen it's a poly family that I know you know in real life here locally and we get together when you drop a new episode and we order pizza and a whole bunch of us and we invite some people over and we listen I'm like you do like (laughs) I just was surprised because you know Jay and I are just this messy podcast and she's like yeah you know we love you um we love that you're doing this. And, and they've known me for a lot of years. And they're like, you know, we're your fans now. We've always been your fan, but um, we've got, we, we've, we're like a little fan club. And I'm like, you are? And, <laughs> and they said, yeah, we're your panties. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, hold on a second. You're my what? <laughs> And I said, well, the fucked up thing is, like, I haven't worn panties since seventh grade. And that's well, a true story. <laughs> so, yes, we're doing that podcast. Um, and then um, I, I think uh, some things line up here. You know, I, I had done an episode or two, or two back in 2018 of Kinkology podcast a friend of mine's a podcaster uh he's a producer and he's done some big stuff for some of the folks up at uh 30 rock in new york and he was pushing me for years to do you know a kink podcast with all my connections and and it made sense you know with the advent of 50 shades and you know by by 2017 and 18 things were really kicking into gear with mainstream society and, and people talking about kink. So I did these two little, like really awful messy episodes. And uh, I, I had this very informal sit down with my dear friend, Miss Lydia, who's tremendously experienced, been around almost as long as me. And we were talking about ABDL and, and her experiences with it. That episode that's been sitting there dormant since June of 2018 has tens and tens and tens of thousands of downloads. 
And I'm like, I got to get my ball rolling back with Kinkology Podcast. So I'm hoping that I can I can get that going again. My podcast producer, um, his house and studio burned down. Oh. So I'm, I'm without a podcast producer. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel like the timing is right to relaunch that. I got advertisers, a whole file of advertisers that are like, Hey, we're happy to advertise on the show. You know, we want to be involved. I'm hoping to get that launched. Um, I mean, I have a list of about 400 people willing to come on the show, <laughs> but it's hard. <laughs> I'm caring for a parent that's fighting for their life. So, you know, a lot goes into it. Mm -hmm. But maybe, you know, if your listeners send me some good mojo and send me some strength, I can find my path because that's what I really want to be doing is talking to people about kink, sharing what I know, sharing my tremendously experienced friends so they can share what they know and, mm -hmm. you know, add to our community. So that's, that's where I went off the charts was I never thought of an advertiser and people are going, wait a minute, you have spots in your show. I said, yeah, I give them to my friends. And they're like, what? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I said, because this has always been a labor of love for me. And that right. worked until I wanted to do things like go to fetish con and, <laughs> and go to dom con. And it's, it's like, expensive. wait a minute, that costs money. Oh yeah. Fetish con. Yeah. If it weren't for the joy of a wonderful uh, content producer who needed a TV expert. And I set up an entire green screen studio in a room for him. And he was like, Oh, wow. Well, you definitely earned your rent. Um, which led to the party of my life, but I digress. Uh, but um, I just want to build. Yeah, I just want to build my listeners. I mean, yeah. uh, I think with the amount of guests that I have on, or the amount of, of good guests that I have on, that it will it should take care of itself. But one of these days, I'm gonna have to break down and get a PR person or get somebody to to really give it a push and I'm hoping it happens, but I, I just love doing this. I mean, the, That's the joys of getting to, yeah, yep. the joys of getting to talk to people is so much fun. That's all I want to do. I just want to talk to people. And that's why I was like, that's why I agreed to do the podcast. My friend was like, are you out of your mind? Like, look what you can share with the kink community, but you know, because after the play parties, we would get together and we would have these talks. And at first it started out with all of the femdoms from the party and we would gather in the office and I would say, well, we should be recording these. You know, there's a lot of information because even if you're a femdom and you identify as femdom, you could, you could have 12 people in the room and they're all going to be very different. Mm -hmm. And the conversations were so like human content and kink. They had such they were so rich in such depth. It's like, we should be recording these. And that's how the whole idea of it started. And I simply wanted to do it for the same reason that you're doing it. I didn't care if I made a dime off of it. Mm -hmm. I, and I didn't know, I, I didn't know anything about anything. I'm like a technological dinosaur, but I want to <laughs> do it for the same reason as you. If I get advertisers, great. You know, they say they want to do it, but I don't kind of don't care either way. I just want to do it and talk to people and have a good time and, Okay, great. If somebody wants to help get me to a convention, wonderful, you know, like your situation, but I just want to talk to people too. So I do need the good mojo for that because I really, <laughs> I really want to do that. <laughs> I 
really want to get that rolling and you know I think there's such a need um, for authentic BDSM fundamental type education out there. Things are getting diluted mm -hmm. a bit. So, and, uh, and you don't want to have the uh, you don't want to have this plethora of podcasts, as I jokingly say, uh, hosted by a guy with one hand on a microphone and the other hand down his pants. Right. That's not what we need either. <laughs> no. No. I mean, there's, uh, I mean, number one, I want to spread authentic um, education rich content about kink and safety and how you go about doing these things. And then, you know, I want people to learn about, even within, let's say, another, you know, say in femdom again, even within femdom, there's going to be subcategories and subcategories of that and helping people to learn that it's, it's, you know, being a rope person isn't one dimensional, being a little isn't one dimensional, or, you know, <clears throat> having a cat suit fetish isn't one dimensional. It's not, kink isn't. So that's sort of my vision for the podcast. But I need the oomph to get it back. And I didn't realize people would be so interested. I, I, I kind of was bowled over a bit um, that it's been sitting dormant all these years and that it had so many downloads. Somebody had to explain to me what that meant. The amount of downloads had to explain mm -hmm. it to me. So I hope I can get that, that rolling. I, I really... Um, would enjoy doing that well maybe i know a person or two that might be able to give you some good mojo on that so. oh that would be wonderful absolutely what are all the ways people can connect with you and the best ways to connect with you because the things that you share with folks the kindness the thoughtfulness the amazing writings that you have they're all so, so special to me. And I want others to be able to enjoy that specialness as well. Okay, so you're blowing my mind a little bit because I don't think what I do is special. I just am me and I say <laughs> words. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, so I'm easy to find. You can Google Mistress Kai. Um, I'm always farting around over on Twitter, so you can always find me over there. <laughs> I have an interesting Twitter life. I'll just say that. Um, because as in life, I move in a lot of different societal circles and it's the same way on Twitter. Um, I have a blog that I just got started. Um, I have a lot of writings in queue and you as a writer probably know this. You know, I go back, I edit, I change the sentence, and I have to stop doing that and just put the content out there. But uh, that's mistresskai.blog. It's called Kinkology Blog. But you can just Google Mistress Kai, and it all comes up. I'm easy to find. Yes, you are. And so if anybody needs 
anything. Like I'm always open. If you have questions, look, I'm not going to, uh, this is mostly for the cis dudes. I'm not going to engage in a lot of fantasy talk. You're not going to write me and say, oh, I have a fantasy about this, or my wife says she wants me to do this. Uh, can you tell me what that would look like? I'm not going to engage in fantasy talk. And I can sniff out sincerity and non-sincerity. So, but if you have any questions, if there's anything you remotely think I can help you with, please reach out to me. I want to share my experience and knowledge. I want to help people in the community. I'm all about community. So um, my door is always open for anybody. Um, I mean, anything really, if, any type of kink questions, um, anything I can help you with. That's sort of where I'm finding my fulfillment in life at this age. I know you mm -hmm. understand that. Uh, we were just talking about our ages. I find more fulfillment now uh, doing for others than I ever have out of really good sex, a really good kink scene. <laughs> I've mean, sort of been there and done it all. So I'm available for that. That is just simply beautiful. And with the background and knowledge and beautiful mind that you have, that is an invitation that I hope people will take not advantage of, but enjoy the privilege of. My door is open, 100%. I'm so glad that you invited me in the first place. You know, even though we couldn't make it work for the past few years, I feel like the timing now was right. I feel like I was meant to have this conversation with you today about where you are in your journey. And I want you to know that you've really touched me today with some of the things that you said, because we're of a similar age. I think we... You know, we're Gen X and we grew up in this time. It wasn't as bad as our parents had it, but we couldn't live our truth. I had friends in the late 80s um, who uh, were like, I'm gay, I'm living my life, I'm living my truth. And I watched them get the holy shit beat out of them as we walked down the sidewalk and there was nothing I could do because I was just a petite little woman. I didn't have the strength. I didn't, you know. So our generation, we couldn't fully live our truth. And now I, we can. And I love that you and I get to experience that, even though, you know, we're a little older than a lot of our friends in the alt community. And I want you to know that um, you've really tapped into a part of me today and I'm great I'm grateful for that I told you look I'm gonna make myself cry but looking at your face is gonna make me cry and I told you <laughs> I'm gonna come over there and sock you if <laughs> you make me cry again <laughs> okay those of you who listen aren't going to understand this but I'm about to make her laugh and that's how we will finish the show Oh my God. <laughs> 
the emotions I have for Mistress Kai are strong. Bound by kindness and understanding, two people of a similar age who live a life away from kink with every challenge, but never lose the love of what brings us joy. So honored to have her on the show. Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Hailing from Russia comes a Hall of Fame dominatrix whose powerful presence speaks volumes. The owner of the Fetish Chamber, Olivia Akula, October 18th. A new edition of the show premieres next Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. And we look forward to hearing from the Russian dominatrix next time. Until then, I'm John proudly known as Hi There Katsu. Thank you so much for being with us, and I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at Podcast. And now, select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash datingkinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free.